Greetings, welcome to today's podcast, 365 Daily Reading of the Bible for January the 12th. We'll be reading Genesis 26:17 to 27:46. Father God, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your will. Let your will be done in, in, on the earth as it is in heaven. May your name be glorified. May your name be sanctified. We reverence and praise you and worship you. And we give you all the glory and the honor, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for letting us to participate in your word, in your kindness, and receive your mercy. For your glory and your honor, we pray. Bless us that it is today as we read your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored the names of Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. But then the shepherds from Gerar came and claimed the spring. This is our water, they said, and they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen. So Isaac named the well Isaac, which means argument. Isaac's men then dug another well, but again there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. Abandoning that one, Isaac moved on and dug another well. This time there was no dispute over it. So Isaac named the place Rehoboth, which means an open space. For he said, At last the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. From there, Isaac moved to Beersheba, where the Lord appeared to him on the night of his arrival. I am the God of your father, Abraham, he said. Do not be afraid, for I am with you and will bless you. I will multiply your descendants, and they will become a great nation. I will do this because of my promise to Abraham, my servant. Then Isaac built an altar there and worshipped the Lord. He set up his camp at that place, and his servants dug another well. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahusat, and also Philcold, his army commander. Why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, We can plainly see that the Lord is with you, so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Swear that you will not harm us just as we have not troubled you. We have always treated you well, and we sent went and we sent you away from us in peace. And now, look how the Lord has blessed you. So Isaac prepared a covenant feast to celebrate the treaty, and they ate and drank together. Early the next morning, they each took a solemn oath not to interfere with each other. Then Isaac sent them home again, and they left them in peace. That very day, Isaac's servants came and told him about a new well they had dug. We have found water, they exclaimed. So Isaac named the well Sheba, which means oath. And to this day, the town that grew up there is called Beersheba, which means well of the oath. At the age of 40, Esau married two Hittite wives, Judith, the daughter of Beri, and Basemath, the daughter of Elon. But Esau's wives made life miserable for Isaac and Rebekah. One day when Isaac was old and turning blind, he called for Esau, his older son, and said, My son. Yes, father, Esau replied. I am old man now, Isaac said, and I don't know when I may die. 
Take your bow and a quiver full of arrows and go out into the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare my favorite dish and bring it here for me to eat. Then I will pronounce the blessings that belong to you, my firstborn son, before I die. But Rebekah overheard what Isaac had said to his son Esau. So when Esau left to hunt for the wild game, she said to her son Jacob, Listen, I overheard your father say to Esau, Bring me some wild game and prepare me a delicious meal. Then I will bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. My son, listen to me. Do as exactly as I tell you. <clears throat> Go out to the flocks and bring me two fine young goats. I'll use them to prepare your father's favorite dish. Then take the food to your father so he can eat and bless you before he dies. But look, Jacob replied to Rebekah, my brother Esau is a hairy man and my skin is smooth. What if my father touches me? He'll see that I'm trying to trick him and then he'll curse me instead of blessing me. <clears throat> but his mother replied, then let the curse fall on me, my son. Just do what I tell you to do. Go out and get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got the young goats for his mother. Rebekah took them and prepared a delicious meal just the way Isaac liked it. Then she took Esau's favorite clothes, which were there in the house, and gave them to her son Jacob. She covered his arms and the smooth part of his neck with the skin of the young goats. Then she gave Jacob the delicious meal, including freshly baked bread. So Jacob took the food to his father. My father, he said. Yes, my son, Esau answered. Who are you, Esau or Jacob? Jacob replied, it's Esau, your firstborn son. I done as you told me. Here is the wild game. Now sit up and eat so you can give me your blessing. Isaac said, how did you find it so quickly, my son? The Lord your God put it in my path, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said to Jacob, come closer so I can touch you and make sure that you really are Esau. So Jacob went closer to his father and Isaac touched him. The voice is Jacob, but the hands are Esau, said, is Isaac said. But he did not recognize Jacob because Jacob's hands felt hairy, just like Esau's. So Isaac prepared to bless Jacob. But are you really my son Esau? He asked. Yes, I am, Jacob replied. Then Isaac said, Now, my son, bring me the wild game. Let me eat it, and then I will give you my blessing. So Jacob took the food to his father, and Isaac ate it. He also drank the wine that Jacob served him. Then Isaac said to Jacob, please come a little closer and kiss me, my son. So Jacob went over and kissed him. And when Isaac caught the smell of his clothes, he was finally convinced and he blessed his son. He said, ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of the outdoors, which the Lord has blessed. From the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants, and may they bow down to you. May you be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob, and almost before Jacob had left his father, Esau returned from his hunt. Esau prepared a delicious meal and brought it to his father. Then he said, sit up, my father, and eat my wild game so you can give me your blessing. But Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, 
It's your son, your firstborn son, Isu. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, Then who just served me wild game? I have already eaten it and blessed him just before you came. And yes, that blessing must stand. When Esau heard his father's words, he let out loud cry and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother was here and he tricked me and has taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and have declared that all his brothers will be his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. Finally, his father Isaac said to him, You will live away from the richness of the earth and away from the dew of the heaven above. You will live by your sword and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. From that time on, Esau hated Jacob because their father had given Jacob the blessing. And Esau began to scheme. I will soon be mourning my father's death. Then I will kill him, my brother Jacob. But Rebekah heard about Esau's plan, so she sent Jacob and told him, Listen, Esau is consulting himself to plotting to kill you. So listen carefully, my son. Get ready and flee to my brother Laban in Haran. Stay there with him until your brother cools off. When he calms down and forgets what you have done, to him, I will send for you to come back. Why should I lose both of you in one day? Then Rebekah said to Isaac, I'm sick and tired of these local Hittite women. I would rather die than see Jacob marry one of them. Nope. Interesting to see, uh, point out the blessing. When Isaac said the blessing must stand and cannot take it back, that's a mighty incredible, and then the way the way Esau cried for the for the and sobbed for the blessing, oh Father, bless me, bless me. What does it have to do with words? You know these words that that he spoke were probably uh, established by Isaac in prayer and calling them down from heaven like an army. You know, a, a, the word establish means the true meaning of establish is God has put a stake there and has established you for a purpose. Amen. So the words are established to, to unmovable from the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth. So the blessing coming down from heaven, the agreement with heaven and the agreement of the earth. May God always give you abundant harvest of grain and bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servants and may they bow down to you. May you be the master of your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. A lot of people have written about this blessing right here. Uh, Smalley had written a big, the uh, five principles of blessing or something in that nature. I tried to read it once. I don't know how far I got. But 
there is a lot of talk about, so I, I would urge you to, uh, well, you know, let's go ahead and read the commentary here. I would urge you to go out there and find commentaries on specifically on that blessing because the root is from God, the creation of the earth. When God says something, he cannot lie. You know, when God... So, finding out more about the blessing. reason I'm saying this, because they also have another blessing in, in Psalms 139, verse 8. No, no, 138, verse 8, that says, The farmers talk to each other, and they bless their fields, and they say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. And they're actually talking to the grain and and the harvest and the ground. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. But I say that directly to you. I say that to us and corporately that we all agree. The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. That's the same blessing and it cannot be changed. When it's said in faith... And let it go and believe it and say it with all your heart, with a lot of love. It will be a permanent blessing. So what are the ways to bless our children, you know, our imaginations, even if they're already on their own? All right, let's go ahead and imagine the faces of our children, the faces of our loved ones that need a blessing. And we say, even if they don't need a blessing, we say to them, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. I bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. All right, the commentary says, when Rebecca learned that Isaac was preparing to bless Esau, she quickly devised a plan to trick him. Okay, they're going to talk about trickery. I think it was a pretty good plot, and it was God-ordained, because he was the uh, heir, right? And Esau traded his rights as firstborn son, but that was a given. He was... uh, Amen. So we're not going to point any fingers on the commentary right now. I think we're going to stick just with the concern of the blessing, and we're going to study about that. Uh, We're not going to talk about Isaac's disease, I mean, Jacob's deceit and all that, because it was God's plan to keep the blessing in the lineage of the younger son, Jacob, because Esau would have squandered it. Through that line, Jesus was coming. It was important that Jacob keep that blessing open. Okay, let's read this. At this point, Isaac realized that he had blessed Jacob instead of Esau, but he could not take his blessing back. Jacob would receive the inheritance and blessing of the firstborn son. It became clear that it was God's plan that Jacob should be the recipient of God's promises to Abraham. So Isaac acquiesced to God's will. These are often times when God, through circumstances, will veto our plans. Through grace, he often delivers us from making bad choices and protects us from terrible consequences. As the third step in recovery reminds us, We must surrender our will to God, and if we are to progress in recovery. Amen. So one of the ways, the third step states, 
<clears throat> I have to, I have turned my will and my life over to the care of God. That's one of the reasons I say you got to completely say uh, you got to thank God for every bad circumstance that, that you did that came your way and that's going to happen in the future. You know, your lives, your past, and your present, you turn it over to God. So this way, every time something happens, you're already at peace. No big deals. You have turned your life over to God. You're not fretting and, and not accepting deals. You're accepting your past. You're accepting your present. Even if you have quirks, and then you're you're accepting your future, how you, the quirks get you into trouble. So there's no big deals. All is well. Everything is good. We move on with God in his plan and his purpose in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's quickly move right on to Matthew. See where we're at in Matthew for January the 12th. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me and tracking with me. I really enjoy these readings. They give me a lot to think about through the day. All right, in Matthew, we'll be reading Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Now, let's see. Matthew was a Jew who was appointed by the Romans to the earliest tax collector. Tax collectors made their living by taking a commission on the taxes they collected, but most of them overcharged and kept the profits. Thus, the Jewish people hated tax collectors because their reputation for cheating and their support of Rome. When Jesus called Matthew to be one of his disciples, Matthew got up and followed. Leaving his lucrative career, Matthew completely changed his plans and priorities when God calls you to follow or obey him. Do you do so with a much abandon as Matthew? Sometimes following Christ requires difficult or painful choices, even sacrifices. Like Matthew, we must decide to let go of those things that would keep us from following Christ. Amen. Amen. we got to just keep... If you're having a hard time uh, not following Jesus, just start thanking Jesus that you're having a hard time. Start thanking Him for your involvement with other things that you know in your heart could be better, like reading the Bible, like working in an orphanage, working with the uh, elderly people, <clears throat> fixing um, widows' houses up, you know, just unstopping their sinks and, uh, and changing their light bulbs and seeing what they need, widows and orphanists, and do something for somebody else uh, that would make you feel good. That's our calling, folks, to shine in our doings. All right, Matthew 9, 1 through 17. It says, Jesus climbed into a boat and went back across the lake to his own town. Some people brought to him a paralyzed man on a mat, seeing their fate. Seeing their fate, their actions, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, Be encouraged, my child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law said to themselves, That's blasphemy. Does he think he's gone? Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, Why do you have such evil thoughts in your heart? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up and went home. Fear swept through the crowd as they saw this happen, 
And they praised God for sending a man with such great authority. As Jesus was walking along, he, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Wow. One day the disciple of John and the, the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and they will fast. Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts a new wine into old wineskins, for the old skin would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. In Matthew chapter 9, it's interesting to see that religious leaders thought it blasphemous, the uh, Recovery Bible says, that Jesus claimed to forgive sins, but they consider it just as impossible for him to heal the paralyzed man. By doing the impossible, healing the man, Jesus was challenging his critics to realize that he also had the power to forgive sins. Implicit in his actions was his claim to deity, because only God can forgive sins. Knowing this truth should give us the courage to turn to Jesus for help as God's own son, Jesus. He has the power to offer forgiveness and recovery to all who trust in him. And that's me. That's what happened to me. I was the paralyzed man. I was paralyzed with alcohol on the floor, on the ground, vomit, everything, fluids. And the evil alcohol was trying to break my neck. It had its foot in my neck many times. It deceived me, telling me that it had the answers to life. It had the answers to tranquility. And it it can help me organize the situations, put things into place. It was a delusion, a lie over and over again, and I was stuck in his claims. Only when Jesus, through the 12-step program, broke the chains of sickness and disease and the alcohol consumption, he broke it, and I became a new person. I was able to walk and take Jesus on as my Lord and Savior and be restored to useful to my family and myself, my community, my country, and into God's kingdom. And here I am, fully clothed in my right mind, which my friends, two out of three, is not bad. <clears throat> Amen. Well, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Now let's go ahead and move on to reading the uh, Psalms. But let's pray first. We rejoice that God is sensitive to the needs of the least important. 
and powerful enough to answer with justice and comfort. Lord, we rejoice and praise you for your great strength. All power belongs unto our Lord Jesus Christ. All power belongs unto our Master. All power belongs unto our Savior, our Lord and Savior. Lord, we give you praise and thanksgiving, Lord. Thank you, Father, for saving us. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Psalms 10. The Lord is king forever and ever. The godless nations will vanish from the land. Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear the cries and comfort them. You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so mere people can no longer terrify them. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the justice. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of your, everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Amen and amen. That's one thing that we're doing. We're taking our 10% and we're dividing it. We d divide it in 13 different ministries. And we say, well, that's a lot of 10%. Well, you can give 13 different ministries. But it was uh, it was because we, we, uh, we, had, uh, we were backed up. You know, keep track of our ten percent, and then once we get it all together, then we send it out. And but this time, we something we always wanted to do, because through the media, we get a, a lot of information from a lot of people that we love. You know, we get a Billy Berkey, uh, just people you probably haven't heard of. You know, uh, you know Bond, one guy named Bond, Mel Bond. You know, there's just a lot of quiet and then personal. Even my own son is in the ministry, and he got a, a chunk of, of the in it, and he has a little church that he runs, or I should say a, a standard. So anyway, uh, I'm kind of excited. It feels good to do something we always wanted to do is to, I'll tell you a little story. I was making about, I was driving semi, for a local grocery store in the area, and I was working part-time, and it just wasn't enough to pay the bills. And I was making, uh, let's say, 300 350 a week, bringing it home. And uh, the pastor, and I gave my $35, my 10%, right, a week. And that's, this was in the 80s or something like that, in the 90s. And the pastor said, he announced, if you want... $1,000 a week, give that kind of money. So I calculated. I, I don't remember what I did, but I, you know, then the basket came around again, and I was fighting with myself. Should I give that or not give that? Anyway, I gave it. Whatever it was, I gave $50 more on top of what I already had given. And what happened to that very date, my W-2s the next year were 52100 They went from something like thirty-two or 28000 a year to fifty-two, right on the mark, exactly what my pastor had said. And it felt good giving. And then the next year was fifty-three, fifty-four, And then from there it went higher. Went up to 65, something of that nature. And that was back in the 90s, in the early, in the mid-90s. It's amazing. Um, so I, I always have been a giver. 
since day one, since the early 80s. So, you know, my heart goes out when I hear people, they invested in this and that goes out. But, you know, and I said to myself, well, I invested in the kingdom of God. I, I, my investments are, are multiplying, whatever. But it seems like we today is there's peace in the house. That's all I can say. There's peace. And I choose for it to peace. The enemy is always trying to come and tear you apart. But you say, all is well to a seemingly trouble. All is well. No big deals. This too shall pass. More will be revealed. Live and let live. First things first. Only by the grace of God. Easy does it. 24 hours a day. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Give them heaven. I didn't mean to spill my guts about my giving. I'm saying it. I want to encourage you. That it, my te- that was my testimony. I encourage you. Amen. Take care. I love you. Bye.